Welcome to the Generation Y podcast. My name is Will. And I'm Jean. And this is a podcast and a community designed to help young adults thrive. Because young adulting is hard, especially now. So we wanted to have conversations that matter to all of us. And today we're talking about change and our resistance to it. This period of quarantine has required all of us to change in one way or another, from the way that we do business to our personal lives. And while it might be uncomfortable, this time has presented a perfect opportunity for us to start being proactive in implementing change. This is the Generation Y Podcast. That is not our theme music. You, do you when know? When I was a little girl, <laughs> I had a rag doll. Wait, I thought you were singing, He's the Alpha and Omega. Oh, that also that. Is that from Hercules? Everything begins and ends, ends with, with me. me. No, it's Emperor's New Groove. Oh. No, you need to get your. You'll throw off the Emperor's film. Groove. Sorry. Anyway, welcome to today. <laughs> Speaking of people stuck in the past. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes the more I see our little green plant here on our table, the more um, personally in- insecure and responsible I feel for its well-being. I know. I just can't We haven't it done a great job. It has changed. It has changed. Okay. So like we said, today we're talking about this opportunity for change that has presented itself to us. And this kind of came about because... No matter who you are, where you are, where you work um, right now, all of us have had to change the way that we do things. All of our businesses have have had to change the way that they do business. We've had to change the way that we communicate, the Mm -hmm. way we put out content, the way that we uh, do our grocery shopping. The way we stay connected. We've had to change, honestly, the way that we do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of that, like, might be good or it might be not bad, I guess. Uh, well, challenging. Challenging. Right. I think the hard part about it is that no one was prepared and nobody had a choice. This was now how things were going to be. So at first, I know I felt resistance to it because I'm like, that's right. not what I want to be doing. And so there was a period of like, I'm resisting this. I don't like this. To now, I actually like some of the changes I've been forced to make because they're more beneficial to my life right like drinking before noon you know that's a really good one <laughs> i had no choice coffee beer just looked at me and said look at me yeah look i at am me. coffee now. i am coffee <laughs> um but i mean th- the way i appreciate the outdoors now i mean the way right, that okay. i will stop and actually acknowledge my neighbors uh whereas we were just all like ships passing in the night before this the way that i can serve toilet paper now two squares nah, per well, oh, it, two, nah. squ- two squares per wipe I, been, I still blow my nose been, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've really been living by the Allergies. two squares per white motto. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's re- Listen, it's something I think I'm going to take back into normal life. It, 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 speaking of that, this is something that we've been, at least like in our organization, we've been asking the question, what changes have you made during this period that you want to continue as we move back into business as usual? Now, right. that's on like a business level but I think the same is true in our personal life. Like we just mentioned, there's a, like drinking before noon, you know, there's a couple of things that were like, you know what, when things resume to normal, I would like to still do this. For instance, we're exercising more than I think we ever have. Yeah. Um, you are. You're, you're, <laughs> you're much more better. You're much more better. Yeah. You're much better at it than I am. But that's something that we're going on walks a lot. We're outside. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, you know, prioritize mental health. Those yeah. are all things. That prioritizing, have- um, connecting with family. Right. A, a lot more. Um, and, and even with friends, just making it a more consistent thing. Um, 
because we're just not as busy as we used to be. Right. But the problem is that as a whole, in general, most of us don't enjoy being forced into change. No. You know, and we had been, uh, some of this kind of came about because we were both rereading Carrie Newhoff's book, um, Didn't See It Coming. So good. It really is. So, such a... Such a punch in the gut. <laughs> it really is. We need to have uh, Carrie on the show uh, eventually. And so, Carrie, if you're listening, hit us up. DM us. Um, <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so, but there is something that he, he talks about um, in this in this section of this book where he's talking about change. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he basically said that there's two types of change, right? And that there is externally imposed change. Mm-hmm. and in, Which we hate. <laughs> which we hate, which is someone else is forcing you to do it. And internally driven change right which obviously we don't mind internally driven change this is like the decision to be like i'm going to uh make more friends i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to go back to school it's your idea so you like it (laughs) in other words we we only like change when it's our idea yes here's a perfect example of this when it's your idea to get up and exercise at 5 a.m it's way easier than when somebody else is making you do it. Absolutely. Or like if you decide, I want to start showing up to work. Remember remember when you showed up to work? <laughs> um, I want to start showing up to work earlier every morning. Or if your brand new boss says, hey, I want you here at 730 in the morning. Right. That, those two things feel very different. They do. Now, I do think that externally imposed change can lead to internally driven change. For instance, right. what we just talked about was... COVID-19 was an externally imposed change. We had to change the way that we do things. But now some of those things are internally driven. They might lead to us doing those things in everyday life. And that's the thing about about externally imposed change is that it's never going to stop and ask you permission. So if it's something like a pandemic or just something social or cultural, these things are changing without ever checking in on you to make sure that you're cool with it. And if you... Don't change with it. Only you suffer. One day you're going to have to wake up and create a TikTok. You're just going to have to do it. You're just going to have to, guys. Okay? (laughs) Just so you know what the kids are talking about. All the youths. It's all the (laughs) youths are talking about. (laughs) But the thing is, the risk that there's several risks that, that we run. But the biggest one, and this is the one that Carrie alludes to in his book, one of the biggest risks that we run when we are resistant to change is irrelevance. Yep. And you're seeing this in businesses all over the place. I mean, you see it, you mentioned earlier as we were talking about this, like your grandparents' house, like you go in and you- Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I it's some of my fondest memories. When I think about the decorations or decor in my grandmother's house, it is so nostalgic. But when I think about it, we're talking about like the mid-20s, you know, 2010, and her house was still decorated in the 70s. Because that was the last time they decorated. I got to be honest, though. The beautiful thing about shag carpet, it, you can nap anywhere. <laughs> you re- you, you'll never find an M&M if you dropped so it. So cozy. But you can nap anywhere. But no, we, we do. We run this risk of irrelevance. And what I mean by the idea of relevance, I'm not talking about like looking like everyone else and staying with the trends and making sure that yeah. you are as fashionable as the next person. Constantly reinventing yourself and end up not being authentic to you. That's not that's not what we mean. Right. I am talking about your ability to speak to an influence culture. And if you and this is again is Carrie's point, is that you can't influence a culture that you don't understand. Right. And that is the same whether it's a business, whether it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you, being willing to change is crucial to that. Absolutely. And there's some 
Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking too, like even back to grandparents, I think very few of us. Anyway, back to grandparents. (laughs) Very few of us can probably say that our grandparents were still able to speak in a relevant way into our lives. Some of us are really lucky and their grandparents just had timeless knowledge and wisdom. But sometimes as we get older, we can get stuck back in a time in our life where we formed our opinions, our tastes, our preferences, and we don't feel any need to change them. But the scary thing about that is if you still want to have influence in people's lives, you have to understand the le- the world that they're living in. And if you aren't choosing to be a part of that world, then you'll become irrelevant. We've all seen this with all sorts of things. Um, there are businesses and companies that have become irrelevant because mm-hmm. of their resistance. I think that irrelevance is probably most easily demonstrated by looking at a business because a business will actually die, whereas you might not be able to see it in a in a single person. You can see it in a company. So we think about companies like Blockbuster mm. or Kodak, and these are companies who they were innovators when they first started, when they didn't have that much to lose. They took a big risk. And take Kodak, for example. They were in the business of- One of the biggest, what, film companies in the yeah. world? They were in the business of of film, printing film. However, they also invented a way for you to upload your digital photos. They invented this technology to upload your digital photos, which basically was an opportunity to share your photos. But how did they choose to use it? They chose to use it to get you to print your photos, not share them. And there was a big fight internally between these, between the different heads of this company, the ones who wanted to move into the digital space and those who wanted to stay in the selling or the um, manufacturing of film. Yeah. in the manufacturing of film, it was working for them. They were making money. However, they had an opportunity to change and they didn't take it. And then came Instagram and Instagram Mm-mm-mm. effectively killed Kodak and they went bankrupt in 2012. And the only thing Instagram was doing was using Kodak's invention to share photos. And this is because Kodak could not decide if they were in the printing of film business or in the photography business. And Instagram figured it out. They were in the photography business. Right. Oh, gosh. That's such a... It's That's heartbreaking a, yeah, because I know it is. they had, so basically, they actually knew what in changed. In summation, they, didn't Kodak invent the first digital camera? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they were on the cusp of it, but. No, they did. They invented the first digital camera, yet were still committed to printing film. Yes. And then in an age when everything was going digital, they stayed committed to their method of mm-hmm. film instead of photography as a whole. Well, invented and we, the technology yeah. that eventually Instagram used to become Absolutely. Instagram to put Kodak you out see of business. This, you see this also with newspapers that went out of business. And it's the exact same thing. Did they have access to take their news online? Yes. But they couldn't decide if they were in the paper printing business or in the business of news. And news can exist anywhere. Listen, and they didn't change. And so... Newspaper will always have a gone. purpose. Like cleaning up pet messes. <laughs> and starting fires. Yes. And proving that you were somewhere at a certain date by taking a photo with you in the newspaper. And then uploading it to Instagram. And, and <laughs> <laughs> or TikTok. Hello, kids. What, what was Hello, that, youths. What was that show <laughs> with um, with the guy? It was called The Morning Edition that he used to, he would get the newspaper for the next day 
and then try oh, to solve murders gosh. and things that hadn't happened yet. You remember that? I do remember that show. There was like a cat involved. And so he could like stop um, right. crimes and stuff from happening. Oh, what you know, a good show. Somebody sat in a room somewhere and they were like, all right, here's the, here's the deal. He's, he's <laughs> all gonna, right, picture this. All right, <laughs> hear me out. He gets a newspaper, <laughs> but it's for a day that hasn't happened yet. And then he tries to stop all the bad things from happening that haven't happened. Someone's like, that's that's the whole thing. That's, like, yeah, that's minority report. That's basically newspaper it. edition. <laughs> I love it. No, but this is this is so true. Like change is crucial, and the resistance to change ultimately leads to irrelevance. I mean, well, it doesn't make any sense. It's like the example of the pilot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we were talking earlier. Like, if you think about it, you get on an airplane, right? And you're going from point A to point B, and you have charted out your course to get there. Mm-hmm. Here's exactly how I'm going to get there, and I'm putting autopilot on. Well. What happens if Captain Planet decided to just blow a nor'easter? Sure, earth, wind, fire. (laughs) What happened if... What if a bird gets stuck (laughs) in a propeller? (laughs) That seems like the most likely I think a goose is the most likely scenario. (laughs) No, but what happens if a storm comes? What happens if wind comes? What happens if... You run out of fuel. If I mean, all this kind of stuff. You have to change your original plan to get where you are safely, and life is no different. Um one of the things that we didn't mention that I think is just interesting to hit on is the fact that we have been we've been talking about climate change for years. As, yeah, I mean, half of my life. At and least. it seems like we've done more for climate change in the last three months than we have in the last five years. Absolutely. I mean, for one, the fact that we aren't all out and about is definitely helping with with pollution. But um, you were talking about recently with the well, the yeah. whole industry of coal is basically in in this time that we have been quarantined, they're realizing that that clean energy is actually more cost effective and a better way to what is it? Yeah, I mean, there I've read an article saying that like coal might not ever make a comeback. It might not recover from this fossil fuels in general because it's so much cheaper to use clean energy. Right, it's more effective. Um, and you know, we, it's sad that it took this for us to get there, Yeah, but like, but it it, is really interesting that you take a time like this, whereas the coal industry might have stayed in business for, I don't know how much longer, but then comes, comes this pandemic and it basically fast tracked the end of their industry. Right. And so the point of that, of us telling you all of that is all to of, entertain you thoroughly <laughs> is that no this you know this unfortunate situation has presented an opportunity an externally you know imposed opportunity for change and a lot of businesses have made it but it it's sad that it took that for some of these changes to happen but for us personally i hope that it doesn't take something like that for us to start making changes in our right. life and this is this. I mean, this pandemic is the latest, you know, rendition of that. But uh, in your personal life, I hope that if you're in a relationship, if your partner has been telling you that they don't appreciate the way that they that you treat them for years and years and years, I hope it doesn't take them leaving for you to finally change. Absolutely. You know, and and, and that is just that's true. Um, it, there's so many examples of that. Um, and all of us, I mean, again, something Carrie says is that we only change when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain associated with the change. Right. I believe he says the pain of the status quo is greater than this pain associated with the change. Mm-hmm. Think of it this way. 
You've been a smoker for 20 years. You haven't. I'm just saying hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gene is a chain smoker. <laughs> Since a, I was 10. There's, <laughs> an, <laughs> there's an ashtray right here on the table where we're just filling it episode mm-hmm. after episode. But you say you've been a smoker for 20 years, right? The pain associated with the status quo, with you doing that, is you cough occasionally. Mm-hmm. You, you have difficulty exercising. Um, you have bad breath at times. Right? It's not like incredibly severe. Well, the fact right? that you're still doing it means that that there wasn't enough pain in staying the same to make to you ever the feel the need to change. Okay. Then all of a sudden, you get lung cancer. Then... At that point, it's way easier to quit than it was mm-hmm. before because the pain associated with the status quo has become greater than the pain associated with the change. Right. Now you're dealing with something totally different that you weren't before. And the purpose, honestly, of this episode is for us to start thinking about this stuff so that we don't ever get to the point where the pain of the change is greater than the pain right. of, the, of the status quo. And this is a completely normal human thing that we we are designed to not like change. It is a way that we protect ourselves. And a lot of us make the mistake, myself included, earlier in my life with thinking that the beliefs I hold or the way I do things are either the right way or at least they're my identity. And getting confused, Ooh, oof. Getting confused with the way I do things mixed in with my identity instead of realizing that I am just someone who holds my thoughts and behaviors and actions and that I can put those down and pick up new ones at any time when I realize those other ones aren't serving me. But to that point, we don't have any problem changing when it's our idea, but we do not like it when it's imposed on us. And the only way to avoid it being imposed on us is for us to be proactive in making it our idea mm-hmm. for the change. That's true. So here's what we want to do just for the next uh, couple minutes here is talk about some of our hangups on change, mm-hmm. some of our resistance, why we don't like to change personally, but then also talk about some of the benefits, which I, I hope are self-explanatory. But for some of the hangups, some of the reasons why we don't like to change, one, you crave what you already like. Mm-hmm. We all, I mean, okay, think about this. Think of all of you listeners. Think of your favorite restaurant right now, your absolute favorite place. What do you order when you go there? Green curry. <laughs> <laughs> Was that rhetorical? <laughs> <laughs> so when I think of my favorite restaurant, I don't even actually think of the restaurant. I think of the dish. Yes. I think of, I almost always order the same thing every single time. Because I know that I like it. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a risk associated with trying new things. And some people might be like, I love trying new things. Yeah, I'm super adventurous in a restaurant. That's great. But But look at my closet. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) We crave what we already like. And and again, um, I want to just reiterate a lot of this stuff comes from Carrie's book, which which is so good. It really is. And we love this is just one section of the book. So we highly recommend. And the, the idea that you actually cannot crave something that you've never had before. Just think about scientifically, that for a you can't. You cannot crave a food that you've never mm-hmm. tried. That's crazy to me. Because our brains cannot uh, comprehend the unknown, so they're going to continue to go back to the same things over and over again. Which means, if we want to be proactive, we have to purposely change our tastes. We have to just say this one time, uh, one every five times I go to a restaurant, I'm going to try something different or I'm going to buy this shirt that doesn't look like my other shirts. Well, this goes in other areas of your life, too. Maybe you date one type of person. 
mm-hmm. and you keep dating that one type of person and your relationships keep not working out. Well, yep. you know what? Maybe maybe try something different. Or your way of coping with stress is actually more of a crutch and 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 maybe there's something emotionally tied to the way you're dealing with your stress, but it's actually not serving you and won't help you in the long run. So as difficult as it might be, making it your idea to change in that area could be hugely beneficial and help you avoid a major regret. As we were thinking about craving what you already like, I think about, we watch a lot of crime movies. We do. We really do. We love a good crime movie or Blacklist. crime show. Um, listen, Blacklist. don't sleep on, I know it's, listen, talk about being irrelevant. <sighs> I know it's an older show, mm-hmm. but if you haven't, just dust it off and watch Blacklist. Uh, yeah. you, you can skip the first three seasons. That, I'm <gasps> that is not true. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but when I watch those shows, it seems like nine times out of 10, the way that they catch somebody goes like this. And every day at three o'clock, he gets coffee at the same place. Like, great. We'll stake up outside, set a perimeter and pick him up as he's entering. You know, it's like, and then what? Boom. And then <laughs> shablam. It's like, you had to get a euro from the same place every day. Did you have to, Kevin? Listen, don't be predictable. You're going to get caught. Don't be like Kevin. Don't be like Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. The second hang up is that success can make us comfortable. Now, this goes back to mm. some of our examples with the businesses who were innovative to start out. They had hardly any money, nothing to lose. So they were innovative. They created something and it paid off. Well, now they're successful. Now they have something to lose. So they end up doing the exact opposite and they become very fearful of change, which means they're on the road to becoming obsolete. Not tomorrow, but eventually. And we are not suggesting that if you are successful in your company, that you just start changing things willy-nilly. We are not suggesting willy-nilly. What what we're suggesting is... Stay, keep your thumb on the pulse of change. Keep younger people around you. Just stay up to date with culture and where trends are going so that when the inevitable day comes for change, you were actually ready for it. Listen, we're very successful. Uh, so, so successful. We know a ton about this one. <laughs> Listen, this is I a very successful podcast. I would say that you and I are very proactive in our willingness to change internally right our willingness to grow and question our long-held beliefs that's not that's something that we are probably more proactive with than we are in our jobs true i love that okay so the first one you crave what you already like second one success makes you comfortable mostly because i ain't never seen nobody's feet get blisters in gucci sneaks and then the third one and we kind of hit on this one again at at the beginning but i think one of the reasons why so many of us are resistant to change is because of pride and um oof oof big oof stuff white people say (laughs) (laughs) something terrible happens me oof Oof. (laughs) um no but i think pride truly is a a big reason um why so many of us are resistant to challenge what we think we know right and um and and what i almost wrote down something earlier i was thinking um be willing to admit that you had it wrong or that you were wrong and then Mm -hmm. i was like you know what it's not that we had it wrong right it's that it's that as we look back on our life, like I have found things that I used to believe or that I used to do that I don't do anymore that thankfully people have taught me um, a better way. And so I think the, the better way to say that is be willing to admit that there might be a better way. 
Yeah. There might be a better way of doing something. Yeah. And and that you just didn't know. And that takes humility. Absolutely. We are all a little bit ignorant about a lot of things. And that's simply because you can't know everything. Where pride sabotages us is the moment that we realize our ignorance or where we realize the gap between how we saw things and how things really are, and we choose to double down on our way of thinking. For instance, the way that you chop onions. I... (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm serious. This woman is going to cut her fingers off one day. The way that you cut onions, I keep going into the kitchen. PSA, public service announcement. Please, somebody tell my wife. (laughs) She has to start cutting vegetables differently. But you cut it with your fingers sticking straight out. You have to edit this so so it doesn't sound like you're a misogynist. No, I'm not a massage therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways... (laughs) So, that was funny. <laughs> I told you. I've been trying to tell you I'm funny. Okay. So like oh, we said. Oh, I like you. <laughs> so, so, oh, my sweetheart. So, We're married. So, <laughs> if you didn't know. So anyway, pride. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, like... um. Like Carrie talks about in this book, like how many titans have we seen fall in the business world or in the entertainment business because... They just they didn't continue to educate themselves. I mean, the the idea that we would continue to be a student of ourselves, of our relationships and of our careers, that is what's going to keep us flexible and able to change when the time comes or even better before the time comes. Yeah. And and, I mean, just to share a tiny little bit of our story, obviously, if you don't know, Gene and I are married, but we we almost weren't. We um. Because when we first met, we were so different. I mean, mm-hmm. in in just about every single way that we could be religiously, yep. politically, uh, the way that we saw the world, we were different in age. I mean, just everything was mm-hmm. different. But we, I mean, there we had in that difference, we had such a mutual love and respect for one another. It was one of the most magnetic things about you was the fact that you were so different. I I didn't agree with you on anything. And yet you still loved me furiously. And mm-hmm. I was just like, that was something I wanted to lean into. And if we weren't willing to change, this wasn't going to work. Absolutely. And I, th- I think about that all the time and how fortunate we are that we were at a place in our lives that we were willing to change. But had I met you even a year earlier, I don't think I was at that place. I mean, I was in counseling and I, I was right. open to growth. But even when I met you... I felt very correct in my way of seeing the world. No, I did too. I was right. You were wrong. And I I which, think... Which we're married now, so that's always true. <laughs> <laughs> I no. just, I think that, I mean, thank God we had already been doing some work before then and that we were also in love, a huge motivator <laughs> for, for change. But it was still like, what? two years oh, yeah. of of being really close, but not even yeah. being able to date because well, yeah. we knew that we we were not changing rapidly, guys. This was slow and it seemed like we might never be able to be anything more than friends, but slowly and surely we were able to challenge yeah. our views and our thoughts and and do it in a way that was not inauthentic to either one of us. Right. We probably don't align on everything today, sure. but we align on what's important. Right. And and I'm just like, gosh, what what 
what kind of regret would we have to live with if right now we ended up missing out on one of the best relationships of our life because we hadn't been willing to change? Yeah. And man, I do want to say too, like the, when you ask people, I'm not talking about changing, like compromising yourself and yeah, changing no, for the worse. Do that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about asking and challenging yourself with questions that you've never asked before. Mm -hmm. And I think about like relationships, when you talk about people, you know, in premarital counseling, right? So you talk about people who they say, hey, what, what do you want in a mate? What do you want in a partner? Um, and this isn't just for marriage. This is just for any relation. You know, they Friendships, say, yeah, exactly. a boss. Yeah, but I mean, it's most prevalent with romantic relationships. Sure. When they say, hey, what do you want in a partner? The most common response you can probably guess is, I want someone who won't change me. And I get the sentiment. I sure. really do. I think what you really mean is I want someone who accepts me for me and who loves me. Right. But I think that the purpose of a partnership through life is to bring out the best in the other person. It is to help mold them and shape them into a person mm -hmm. that is a better version of themselves. I want you to change me, but in a good way. I yeah. want you I want you to We're talking about evolution and growth. We're not talking about change into someone that I think you should be. Right. This is more of like the constant encouraging of the other person yes. and taking the responsibility for yourself to be open to constantly evolving and changing. And in all of this, what we hope for ourselves and what we hope for all of you is that it doesn't take external forces to always yeah. cause our change, but that we could take this time, especially while we're a lot of us are still in quarantine, take this time and look at your life. Look at how you deal with your own personal relationship with yourself, with um, your loved ones, people around you and with your career. Is there anything that isn't really working or that you're skating by on it and it's working for right now, but that change is inevitable. The day will come where right. you can't get by on what you're doing anymore and start to begin to think about how could we be proactive and let it be our idea to start implementing change so that we don't ever have to deal with the regret of an yeah. unimplemented change that results in a consequence we really didn't want. You know, what's funny is I am proud of who I am now. I mean, not that I wasn't before, but I'm proud of the changes that I've made and the person that I have become, um, the way that I love people is, I feel like my capacity to care and my capacity to love and, and all of that has just grown and gotten bigger because of you and because of the changes that you've allowed in my life. And I know that this isn't easy. Something that was truly, this is not a joke. We actually did this. And this actually came from another book called Love Does that Bob Goff wrote. But when we would have hard conversations, we would be sitting there on a topic that we knew we disagreed about. Mm -hmm. We would sit there and both of us would open our hands with our palms facing the ceiling and put them on our knees. So palms up, hands open on our knees in a posture, even when we were just fuming, angry. But the posture says... I'm open. I'm open. Mm -hmm. I'm open-handed and I'm physically representing that. And I It actually kind of helps. It, several times I've think, had to do I that. I think the biggest theme of why we just even like ourselves better now is that we no longer think we're right. Right. And that is so powerful because you're so much more flexible to change when you don't think that you're right. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong. 
It just means that you're open. It just means you don't have to be right. It takes a lot of pressure off you. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, who cares? We don't know anything. And I'm much more interested in in learning about what other people think and why. That's most important, why they think it. Because everybody has a reason for doing what they do and believing what they believe. Exactly. So obviously there are so many benefits from this, but I think on the other side of change, you'll find a person that you're proud of. Mm -hmm. You might find a more profitable business. You might find a better relationship. You might find uh, any number of things on the other side of a little bit of uncomfortability and some change, but I just think it's worth it. And I think right now is as good a time as any. What a better time than this. You know, um, and so that's that's really what we wanted to leave you with. And I just think there's some practical, easy things that we can do to do that. I mean, one is pursue people who you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we didn't agree with each other. And it led to me opening, both of us, um, opening our perspectives to a whole new way of seeing the world that I had never thought of before. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just listen to somebody for a little bit, again, something else that Carrie says in a different book, if you listen longer than most people listen, you'll hear more than most people hear. And I just think with with people who don't agree with you, just sit there and listen for a while and see what it's like to be in their shoes and see and just let that affect yeah. the way that you think about things. Behind what they're saying are experiences and filters that they are seeing their life through. And there's usually a pretty good reason that they believe something you don't. Right. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but understanding them. Right. It, that's, it, a, that's another episode. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. And if you haven't done that, Please don't try to tell them what policies they should agree with or how mm-hmm. they should vote don't or do that. anything like that. And then, you know, be proactive. And then obviously just uh, a, a takeaway here is change before change is required of you. Mm-hmm. So the uh, again, change before change is required of you. In other words, make the choice. Do it yourself. Don't. Yeah. don't let it be your idea. Let it be your idea <laughs> because it's way easier. And more fun. And, you know, if it isn't your idea, take advantage of it. Like right now. Absolutely. So anyway, that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, we're, again, we're just really grateful for y'all. Mm-hmm. We um, would love to get to know you a little bit too. So if you have any thoughts or you want to reach out to us, you can do that on our Instagram. That's at Gen Y Podcast, G-E-N-W-H-Y Podcast. And then also, it would be super helpful on our on all platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, skip, write skip, us a review. <laughs> Everybody loves a review. Listen, everybody loves a good re- good review. Absolutely. And and guys, we also, um, we can't recommend this book enough. It's called, again, Didn't See It Coming by Carrie Newhoff. Um, we're going to include a link to that in the show notes just because this whole book is nuts. That's true. And then we would love to have Carrie uh, at some point come back on the show and, and talk about a lot of the wisdom behind that book. But that is it for now. We love you guys. Uh, and we will see you next week for another episode of the Generation Y podcast. <laughs> <laughs>